Welcome to Yellow Mensa, exploring cross-centered contextual justice in a South African context. Yellow Mensa is a ministry of Isabombano Center for Biblical Justice. I am your host, David Kluter, and with me is drumroll John Skippers. Hey everyone, good to be back. Good to see you. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not seeing you, but yeah. good to good to be speaking to you. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's another day. Another, another, another exciting episode of Yellow Mensa. Yellow Mensa. Guys, today we have again another special, very special guest in our studios. Our yes, studios. we have studios. Yes, <laughs> it's like all set up, all amazing. Sure, yep. sure. Yes, we have, we have a studio and that is uh, Juan Mukhatle. Juan Mukhatle. Yeah, One, One. One. Okay, bruh. Yeah. And the guy introduced himself to me the first time I met him. This was in, I was thinking I was, I was a first year student at, 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 at uh, Bible College, GWC. I met this guy when he was still in the making. Uh-huh. He, he was making. still in the making. He was uh-huh. becoming a pastor. He was an he was up be- and coming he player. Was a, yes, he was <laughs> an up and coming player. I met this guy and I was, yo, I was blown away. It was okay. just deep insight. I felt like I was, I was grasshopper being, being trained by the massive, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. 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 I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Okay. So, so, so Ona is here to talk with us uh, about um, uh, black Christian leadership and pastoral ministry in a multicultural and multi-ethnic uh, ethnic. Uh, Church context or church setting, um, bro. Uh, tell us about yourself. First of uh, all, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, welcome, first of all, welcome. welcome, welcome. Just give the people a shout out. Let them know you're here. Thank you, thank you so so much. Uh, I have never gotten an introduction like that before. <laughs> yep. Um, grasshoppers and first year <laughs> students, and that is that is quite an introduction. But uh, but it is a privilege to be. Uh, here with you guys and uh, broadcasting uh, on your podcast and with your listeners. So it's a great joy. My name is One, like you said. Uh, my last name is Mokatle. I uh, come from the great country of Botswana. I moved to South Africa at the age of 13 and have been here ever since. I mean, I still got home, you know, the Botswana is not that far, but, uh, but yeah, I do call this home now for right. this season. Sure, sure. Hey, hey, hey! What yes, is yes, that? Yes. What is that? What yes, you hear yes. that? Yeah, for the season. Yeah. Okay, like, like, tell, tell us for a, the season. Yeah, so, so, so we we sort of hinted that that you are a pastor. Uh, tell us, like, like you're a pastor. Is there anything? Is there anything more to One than than being a pastor? Is he? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, I am married almost ten years. So next year, February, will be ten years to one wife. Her name is Confidence. She is incredible. An amazing mm-hmm. woman. Uh, I definitely married up. And uh, together we have two lovely children, uh, two girls. My youngest is three. She turns three next year. And my oldest is about to turn six. So she starts school next year. So it's a scary season for us. Uh, we're about to enter into a big transition. Ooh. But it's a good one. I can't wait. I can't wait until my kids turn 18, you know, where I can not kick them out the house, <laughs> but transition, yes, yes, transition yes. them lovely out yes, the house. Yes, yes. You know we right? get you. We get you. We get you. Right. We get you. Trans- yeah, yeah. Yes, I, mm. I love that. Like lovingly, just just transitioning, just moving them along just right. in Jesus' name. Yes. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, you guys it's, have no like, idea like what you're talking church, about, like, by the way. <laughs> neither of you have any idea what you're talking about. I'm just going <laughs> to... Listen, I'm, I'm going to get into it's, that it, world it, soon. I'm going to get into that yeah, world soon. Yeah. It's like sending yeah, so that's, out that's, that's uh, a church plot. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll be, we'll be sending them out into the world, sending out missionaries. That's what it is. It's a gospel goodbye. 
Mm. Yeah, it's a gospel goodbye. You're giving me all oh. these. You see, this is the stuff that I've been getting that yeah. from you from that time we met, and, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you guys are." When, you were like this, child, when I was like, uh, "Yes," when I was, ah, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue. So yeah, so uh, um, that's our family, and then we we planted rooted fellowship about four years ago. We just celebrated four years in September of this year. And it's been an amazing journey, uh, just seeing all that God has been doing. We uh, believe that God called us to plant a gospel-centered, disciple-making, transcultural church. Uh, we can get more into that, but, but that's what I do. And then I also serve as the network director for X29. Uh, X29 is a, a diverse global family of church-planting churches. Uh, we're a single-issue network, which simply means we want to see healthy churches uh, planted all across the world where right. Jesus is not known yet. So, yeah. That's wonderful, man. Quick question. I know the answer, but I don't know if anyone, everyone listening does. Where, where, where is Rooted Fellowship? What, what city, what, what part of the world? Uh, Rooted Fellowship is, is in the only city in South Africa. Come on. C- can we say that? Oh. Is yeah. that allowed? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can no, say no. it. Yeah. We might cut it out, but you can say it. <laughs> Come on, man. No, uh, Rooted Fellowship is in the great capital of Pretoria. Um, so we are situated uh, almost smack in the middle of uh, of South Africa. Sure. Smack in the middle of South Africa? Almost. Yes. Like I said almost. Center, almost. Like Pretoria, almost. really? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, I must go back on, and do man. some geography then. Yeah. Okay. Like, we, we, we can't say we in the center. Like we, we sort of on the... Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yes, I know that. So I yeah, know you that. have some beef, like with, with with being in the center. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wouldn't have put up Pretoria anyway. Okay, okay, okay. That's that's all that is. Okay, you 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 you. So you mentioned, Ona, you mentioned uh, this transcultural thing. You're saying that you guys are a church that is that is gospel centered, discipleship making, uh, focus centered, uh, and then transcultural. What 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 is that? Um, uh, some of some people are probably hearing it for the first time. Could you explain a little bit what you mean by that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, uh, you know, a lot of people tend to ask, what does that mean? You know, they'll amen the gospel-centered disciple-making. They'll say every healthy church should be about those two things. But it's the transcultural part that, you know, tends to get uh, people asking questions, raising eyebrows. You know, they'll say, is it like multi-ethnic? Is it like multicultural? Uh, and that's where we say, you know, yes and no, um, in that it tries to embody the same things that a multicultural, multi-ethnic church would want to embody, but we believe it takes it further. Uh, now, we got the word transcultural uh, from a church in Atlanta. Uh, Pastor Leons leads a church out there called Renovation Church. Uh, and so when I was thinking mm-hmm. about planting and wanting to see a diverse church, I started searching to see, you know, who out there is doing something similar, who could we learn from? And so I came across, you know, Renovation Church and Pastor Leons and uh, interacted with them. And, and so here's how they defined transcultural. Uh, Pastor Leons says this, every human being is endued with the Imago Dei, which is the image of God, captured Mm. in unique cultural and ethnic expressions which embody the full breadth of God's creative genius, Uh, not to be subverted to the ethnic or cultural identity and preferences of another, but rather celebrated in creating a fuller expression of our humanity, a woven tapestry of color and culture and class, as God forms a family for himself from all 
people. And so I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with that definition. And, and mm. as we got to know one another, uh, I asked, could I take that and, and kind of contextualize it for our context? And he was like, absolutely. And so here's how we at Rooted Fellowship define transcultural. We say it is a view of community that reflects, embraces, and enjoys the diversity of its context and by the power of the gospel transcends it and creates one new community. And so this is Ephesians 2 language. I believe we live in the most diverse country in the world. And so by the power of the gospel, we can put that on display to the glory of God. Wow. Right. Wow. That's, 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 that's beautiful because, Mm. because I feel there's a, there's a lot of Christian talk about, you know, looking at culture and seeing it as this evil boogeyman, bad, and there's there's nothing really good from it, and 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 so we just want to sort of get the gospel in, and that's sort of that's what it's about, and we don't enjoy the beauty of 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 just culture and people and and the diversity and and however you want to want to place that socially, economically, racially, mm. uh, ethnically, the beauty of that, but then something that actually goes beyond that and right. speaks. Into that while celebrating that. I mean, mm. that, that's that's just beautiful. I, I hope I'm capturing what you what you mean by that in in sort of uh, simple terms as, as I'm hearing what you're saying. Um, John, is there? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you want to respond to what David's saying? Because I I want to ask a different kind of question. So. Yeah. So I I think I think you've captured it quite beautifully. Um, I would say two two quick things, and if you want to summarize it, it's one that God is forming a family for Himself from all people, and that this is not a new thing. This is not a New Testament thing. That's not where it began. That this began with Abraham, uh, when you know God gave him that promise. We see there that it was to all nations, and so this has always been at the very heart of God. And then the other thing is that we want to put on display God's creative genius. That God is incredible creative, that no uh, human being is identical to another, that we see uh, the breath of God's genius in humanity. And so by the power of the gospel, we get to see that at a redeemed level. Um, And it's such a beautiful picture to see. Um, So just two things to say then is that, um, is just to our listeners, we are actually doing this is a remote podcast. It's our first one we're doing. Uh, so hopefully if there's a little bit of lag, um, we're hoping the guys can do something in production. But if there isn't, just bear with us. We just thought this was absolutely worth having One on the podcast and um, it just opens up new possibilities. So we're learning a bit. So just give us some grace there. Um, but the question I wanted to ask One, <laughs> so just to say, is talking a lot about transcultural, talking about um you know, just one new humanity and all the different, uh, the different, the diversity. Um, and I don't know if, if, uh, we're going to get into this later some more as well, but I just, the one thing that I think often we talk about the one new humanity and the diversity and how, uh, Christ transcends all. And it almost seems to be a catchphrase for saying that, that Christ flattens all cultures and that we kind of like mm. say that culture or race or uh, ethnicity and all these kind of things don't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that, that's not what you're saying, is it? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I believe that, yes, we come to Christ and, and all of us are equal in our identity in Christ. Uh, and so that is real. Right. But everything else submits under that. And so the fact that I am right. a black 
male who is from Botswana, who grew up in a particular context, who has a particular narrative, uh, that all of that is necessary and important for what God has called me to do. But all of that must submit under my identity in Christ, that I am first and foremost a child of God. Uh, And all of us should see ourselves that way. Uh, And that's what unites us. And then from there, from that position, we then take it further and say, well, how has God uniquely made you? And what are those things that we celebrate? Now, there's a lot of things that need to be rejected, um, but there are a lot of things that are redeemed that allow us to celebrate. And so that's what I mean. Right. Okay, that's that's beautiful. Okay. That's powerful. Now, now within that space, as a as a as a black minister, um, many of us are often accused um, of of you know only focusing on on this kind of issues, issues of race, uh, racial injustice, and and when people hear trans transcultural, they sort of narrowing it to the issue of of race and ethnicity, and 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 you saying it's beyond that. But some people looking at that uh, often have this narrow view of it only in that sense uh, and seeing that sort of, you know, being trans- transforming that, uh, whereas there's so many other issues within the church. Why do you, why do you, why does black ministers always come back to, mm. to that? And we often accused of that. How, how do you, how do you, how do you respond to that? Is that a, is that a valid sort of, sort of, sort of response? And, um, is is or or should be is is there more to it? Is there is there is there more to 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 that conversation? Sure, it de- it depends from what angle you're engaging this issue from. Hmm. You know, so so what we get accused of, uh, and many who I am associated with who are pursuing uh, this diverse community uh, anchored in the gospel, we get accused of being part of what people refer to as the social justice movement. Uh, that we have put aside the gospel so that we might be able to have uh, diversity or so that we might be able to engage in issues of injustice. Uh, And that is the furthest Mm. thing from the truth. We believe that we engage in these issues because the gospel compels us to do so, that it's the love of Christ that compels us. And, And so you see this with Jesus, that he is moving from village to village and town to town, from region to region, and he's teaching and proclaiming the the good news of the kingdom. Uh, And so he's declaring that folks should repent and believe, but he's also engaging with what's happening culturally and contextually. He's speaking into the narratives of Mm. people. And so oftentimes we we miss that. We miss that it's the gospel that drives us. Uh, It is grace-driven. So when we think about uh, ministry, when we uh, think about diversity, when we think about engaging in issues of injustice, uh, we do that from a place that is grace-driven, that it's the gospel that compels us mm-hmm. to do so. And so that's, I think the confusion is that. And then the other thing I might say real briefly is that a lot of people, when, when we talk about the social justice movement, I'm very weary about, you know, how people are understanding that. And so here's how I engage in those conversations. I say that the, the gospel is social, that, that Christ saves mm. us to himself. Absolutely. Ephesians uh, chapter 2, 1 to 10, we clearly see that. But then he places us yeah. in community. And so we are meant right. to socially engage, which is Ephesians, you know, mm. the rest of yeah. that chapter. So... 
And then literally the rest of the book, right? He then, Paul goes into, okay, guys, here's what it looks like in the context of marriage. And here's how it looks in the context of community and children and work. Exactly. We are social human beings. And so the gospel Mm. uh, compels us to engage socially. Sure. And so I think, so I love what you're saying. And I think it's just so helpful is because when I, when like when I think about and people often you know we can talk about the social justice movement and and people say is that what you're about and I'm like well kind of because I think there's a lot of overlap I think the social justice movement like every other movement hasn't got everything all wrong mm-hmm. it hasn't got everything all right either and as a Christian there's a lot I can learn from them there's a lot I can engage with um, because I like where you started we're talking about transculturalism made uh, in the Imago day and that I think the social justice movement has reminded us a lot of like everyone is made in the Imago Dei. So what does that look like when not everyone's treated that way? Yeah. So let's look mm. at that. But, but like, is, is what we do at Ispaman, is what you do, is, is it social justice? Well, yes and no. There'll be overlap, but there'll be time where we're drawing a line. Yeah. Uh, there'll be time when we're saying, no, we, we can't go there with you. Yeah. Uh, we, and, and very often, like you've pointed out, the motivations for why we would or wouldn't go yep. are radically different. different. Yep. Um, uh, even though we can learn a lot, we can kind of we can be allies, we can work together, um, and so I th- I th- and I just think that's such a helpful thing. And that's why we talk about cross-centered justice because that's what mm. we're about. Uh, yeah. That's what we got. Uh, sure. If it's not for Jesus, why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Um, yeah. yeah. Now, on as a, as a response to your pursuit of sort of gospel life, uh, 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 transcultural gospel life. Has there been, as a, as a black minister, uh, you pursuing this? Have has there been white flight in your in your church, mm. and has there sort of or or has there been a mistrust of your leadership mm. um, as a black leader, pastor uh, mm. from white congregants? Or just even just in church networks you've been a part sure, of, and it doesn't yes. have to be Acts twenty nine. I know you kind of play in a number of different fields. Just speak to that, yeah. Yeah, um, look, I'd be lying if I said there hasn't. There has, because this is incredibly difficult, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we, we are having to press into narratives, uh, historical narratives, yeah. cultural narratives, personal narratives. Uh, we're pressing into people's experiences. We're pressing into people's upbringings. And so all those things uh, come to play when we say we want to be a gospel-centered, disciple-making, transcultural church. And so one of those narratives right. is in the in the urban-suburban context, that's where we find ourselves, that's where we have planted. Um, at least when I planted, particularly in Pretoria, th- that wasn't the common thing. You know, I, I remember right. some of our congregants, some of our, our, our black congregants, uh, telling me that this is how they invited people to church. They they would, you know, with their colleagues or, or their neighbors, they'd say, hey, man, you should come to church with me on Sunday. And the response was like, no, thanks. Um, I'm not really uh, about the Christian life. And they were like, no, 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 you really should come. My pastor's black. And then the response was, well, that, that, that doesn't surprise me because the majority of this country is black, you know, so. And they're like, right. no, 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 but there are white people in the church. Right. And and the res- the response to that was okay. I'm not a Christian, but this I have to see. Right. And so in the, wow. in, the er- in the early in the early days, wow. th- that's how a sure. lot of our guys were inviting other people because it was different. You know, I, yeah. I know, and and this is why I love our folks at Rooted Fellowship. I know that for uh, many, if not all, the white folks at Rooted Fellowship, I am the first black pastor they've ever had. Yeah, I can believe that's that. number one. 
Sure. Number two is that this is the first church they've ever been in where they are the minority. I'm not talking about a short-term mission trip somewhere. Um, I'm talking about doing life in a local congregation. And so I have to be aware that this is going to be challenging. This is going to be difficult. There are going to be some landmines uh, that they might step on. And so this is where grace comes in. This is why I say that this is grace driven. Now, Now, the more we press into a lot of these issues, the harder it becomes. And so for them, they have to hold tighter to the gospel. Otherwise, what ends up happening is you say, you know, uh, maybe this church isn't quite for me or I'm not making enough friends or, you know, you, you, we will come up with all sorts of reasons that right. I need to revert back to factory settings. I need to go back right. to uh, what is what is common to me. And this cuts across every ethnicity that when things sure. get tough, we go back to what we're used to. But right. yeah. we see in scripture yeah. when things get tough, we lean further and deeper into the gospel because it's only the gospel that'll take us to where we need to go. So I have, I have yeah. seen it. And, uh, mm. and it's tough. It, it's tough. But, but for those who stick around, for those who go, no, 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 this is hard. I'm hearing things that, uh, that make me feel uncomfortable. Um, but I want to press in because, you know, this, That's good. Th- th- this is what God is doing. Right. Yeah. That's great. Man. Uh, I mean, just from guys listening from always from America, because we we do have people listening from from that side. We're uh, international. It is it, yes, we international. <laughs> Listen, this is Africa, so the majority of people here are black. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's African black people mm-hmm. here, and it may come to a surprise to you that this pastor is saying in 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 his context in a mm-hmm. South African black majority context right. that in 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 the in the in the in the region or, or in any space in South Africa that you right. will find majority white people mm. um in a place like Joburg that is so diverse yeah. with so such a lot of people uh, of different ethnicities black people being the majority of course mm. uh, that that there are people in in that context that are actually they dominate the space sure that white people dominate the space um and it's if it's not by their presence uh, uh, you know, socially, mm. uh, it is it is actually in number that sure. they dominate the space, and mm. that is actually a draw card for some black people. That there's a black pastor with white people sitting under his leadership. Mm-mm. That that is a draw card. Just blows my mind. So, I, I, yeah, I, I have two questions. First, do you? Yeah. I mean, you said when you started, and that's like about five, six years ago, I think. Hey, am I correct four, in that? Five, four, five, no, four years ago. Four, four years ago. Four, yeah. Okay. Do you think, has that changed at all? It's just an interesting question. Like, have you seen this happen more and more? Uh, and then I just want to make a point. And so I, I'd like you to answer that. But then I just want to make a point that I just think that's such a beautiful expression of the gospel. Uh, where, because I think this is really the, the rubbing point. Whereas I think white Christians need to learn to kill our idol of white supremacy, which we've been raised in. It's like, yeah. it's there, it's in us. And the way we do that is by willfully, painfully, maybe at times a struggle, I don't know, learning to sit under black leadership, be led by black men and women who are not like us yeah. uh, when everything within us has been trained to believe that we should lead. Uh, but and what, where, where does that power come from? Where does that strength, where does that ability come from? It's got to come from the gospel because mm. I, I don't think it can come from within me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe other people are better people than me, but <laughs> I, I think I need Jesus. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he so, needs yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I need Jesus. <laughs> take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. so yeah. You, you know, to answer your question, have, uh, have I seen a change in the last four years? I, I have. I, I've seen a significant change. That's good. However... However, let me not say but because but tends to negate what I've just said. So, however, the church generally tends to play catch up on a lot of things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we arrive at a destination and we celebrate, but then culture has moved 10, 3, oh no, 2, 3 steps ahead. Yes, um, yeah. my, count, my counting there was really bad, exposing my, my bad maths. Um, so... So, so we're constantly playing catch up and, yeah. and, and that's the problem. So, so we'll go, yes, we'll celebrate the black worship pastor that we've just, you know, exactly. we've just gotten, or we'll celebrate the new, uh, associate pastor, you know, colored guy, or we'll celebrate, uh, the Indian lady that we've just hired to run our, uh, you know, discipleship department or whatever. Right. Uh, but then culture's going, Hey, you should have done that like five years ago. Exactly. You know, and so that, and so that's the challenge. And so I'm not taking away the fact that we celebrate those things. We, we yeah. should, but but I'm trying to figure out how, how do we how do we get ahead? How, how do we you know plant churches that in a sense become a prophetic voice that's in beautiful. the culture that we find ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that we we want enough influence that culture would look to the church and say, hold on, how how should we be handling our I'm marriages? How yeah. should we be parenting? How should we be living in community together instead of us sitting back and waiting and going, well, what does government say? What is the bare minimum? Well, and then that's what we'll do. Yeah. So one of, one of the illustrations I use is uh, I, uh, I wonder, you know, what our context would have looked like if the church post-1994 had come together collectively and said, hey, let's try to figure out how yeah. we can be a part of economic reform that's driven by the gospel, right? Wow. Because because I think if we had done that, then then government would have almost looked to us and gone, well, guys, there's something happening here that's <laughs> yeah. really really unique, right? Yes. This is how we become salt and light, right? It's yeah. really unique. Can 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 we get you guys to come help us figure this stuff out? Yeah, yeah. But that's I think but I think what but I think what happened is we sat back and we waited to see what government was going to do, uh, and and then we just said, okay, we'll 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 do that maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so that's that's my challenge, and, and so even though I've seen change, uh, and it's great change, I'm trying to figure out how does the church become that prophetic voice? Well, that's um, good. Yeah. That's be- good. Because b- because we know how the story ends. Yeah. You know, if if, if, yes. if guys are trying to figure out like, oh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Like, no, 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 guys, we we know how the story, story ends. Right. Yeah. And it's let's beautiful. press into yeah. that. Let's trust Jesus and press into that. Yeah. 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 And I, I think part of the, that conversation is also that the church has been complicit yeah. in some of the injustices in that part. Hence, there's been a deliberate sort of, we're not getting involved in this. Right. What do we have to repent from in right. order to actually get the work done? What do we need to unlearn? What right. do we need to undo? What is some of our theology that I we see. actually need to... You know, get into the right space in order for us to then get on with the work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 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 I don't want to underplay the fact that many of the guys who are sitting in parliament, sitting sitting in they sitting in our churches, Mm -hmm. and many a times they're not getting the stuff from the pulpit, and so they just you know their peers, they 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 go with what everybody else in, in society is saying, and they're going with that mold, and it's and it's sort of this is no, this is politics, and this is spiritual. 
Right. And I'm in a church context. We're dealing with spiritual things, right. and we're trying to work it out in that in that setting. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. so as, uh, just to piggyback on what you're saying, I was actually thinking the same thing. Is like, I think part of the problem in 1994 is that in order to justify our non-involvement, particularly as in evangelicals. We developed a spirituality that separated the spiritual from the material very often, that separated the individual mm. relationship with God from the communal relationship with God. So I think when 1994 happened, we actually just, we perpetuated that. Uh, so we didn't actually even have the tools to start saying, uh, you know, maybe we got it wrong or the country got it wrong. We we actually just carried on with that. Sure. And um, so I, I think w- the the trick we also missed in 1994 was just that, really sitting down and looking and saying, what was our theology that ever allowed apartheid to happen? How no. did we ever make this? Whoa. How did we ever make this this collaboration? How did we ever keep quiet about this? How, this 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 um, partnership of of silence or complicity? And I yeah. think and that's I think that's the hard questions that you're talking about. Yeah. And so, in order to do that, we've got to go back. But I see. I, well, just yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry. Just I, I want to jump on that because that you're on a gravy train that um, <laughs> is it, it tastes so good. So I, I think p- part of what I've experienced and a lot of what I've learned is obviously in these last four years is, is so many of us we we want to get together, we want to talk, we want to have discussions. We we leave things at the theory level, mm. uh, very academic. Everyone wants to do research, and it's all good stuff. Mm. But at some point, someone needs to take this stuff and actually put it into action. Yeah. And and recognize that we're gonna we're gonna fumble, we're gonna stumble, we're gonna hurt one another, we're gonna say things that don't make sense, but at least we're putting in the effort, and we're applying the gospel, and so there's there's space for forgiveness and grace and all of that. Right. But what I've recognized is, I think a lot of people talk about reconciliation, and a lot of people talk about forgiveness. I mean, we can get to a table together, we can sign it off, it can become uh, a policy, <laughs> you can do all of that. Right. But the, but the question is, are we healing? Is there a process mm. of healing? Is is space being given to heal? And so yeah. one of the things that we do at Rooted and, and one of the things that I encourage is to create spaces where white folks can come and, and they can share their narratives, they can share their stories, um, their experiences, their, their thoughts. And sometimes it's, or maybe let me say often, it's filled with guilt and shame. Right. right? Like I, I, I wasn't part of what happened but I've come to that place where I've recognized the the implications of what happened and maybe where I have benefited. Yeah. And, and so there's guilt and there's guilt and shame there. And then, and then on the other side, people of color, particularly black people, um, there there is a lot of anger and bitterness because of what's happened or yeah. what is still happening. Mm. There is tons of bitterness and anger. And so we say, hey, come and share that. Don't keep it in. Mm. Share that. Share your story. Share what you're feeling. Put it all out there. And then once it's out there, what do we do? Well, we take it to the cross. Because right. Jesus died for all of that. He died for our guilt and shame. He died for our anger and bitterness towards one another. Mm. And, and that's the process of healing. Yeah. But I think we're so, we're so afraid of that because it's like, man, you know, like anger and bitterness. Like to let someone just let it rip. Yeah. It's a scary thing. I, I know I feel that. When, when we create spaces for women to share what they're right. experiencing, right? So this, is, this idea of being transcultural is not just a color thing. It's not just a racial thing. 
But it, it, it's right. a gender thing that we're having to engage at that Good. level. It's a socioeconomic yeah. thing. It's a cultural thing. So, so hearing the stories from our women and just letting them, letting them lay it all out, it's tough. But what do we do? We hold on to the gospel. And yeah. we say, okay, we're hearing you. And you're not particularly talking about me personally. You're talking about what you have experienced or what you continue to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Let us then yeah. point one another to the author and perfecter of our faith. Yeah. I don't yeah. think a lot of churches are doing that. I think we're coming up yeah. with programs and policies and all these really cool things. And then we're, we're, we're putting it out and saying, guys, please sign up. It'll be really good because that's what will reconcile us. Right. Yeah. And I'm going, no, no, the, the, the process of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation is not a program. It's who we are mm. as children of the kingdom. Right. Sure. So, so that's kind of my, my mm. I know I went on a little bit of a rant, but that's some of the frustrating no, things no. I experienced. No, that, that's good. Can I? Yeah. I just, I just want to say that actually it's, it's so interesting because we recorded an, uh, a podcast which probably by the time this one comes out it will be released. It's not released yet. Just looking at that whole idea of lament, of just getting that shame and that guilt and that anger out and taking it to the cross. And uh, we were just talking about how that is we we in our understanding that's a missing element in the church. Yeah. We just want to jump straight to like, hey, everything's got to be fine. We forgive. We're one in Christ. Was actually realizing we're carrying all this pain, this shame, this all of that, and where what do we do with it? We've got to get it out and get it to the cross. Um, hmm. So I just resonated with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think as a as, as for any pastor who's on this journey of of you know seeing their their church transform transculturally, transculturally transform in that sense, uh, whether you're black or white uh, as a, as a church leader. Uh, but I want to, you're a black pastor. I want to, I want to speak to you from, from that angle, but I'm aware that there's guys who are probably listening into this. So what, what would you say is the right motivation in the first place to, to get this started off, to go in the, in the direction that you are going, um, because when you get the clash back, uh, you see com- people leaving, you see money leaving, mm-hmm. uh, white people leaving, you, you see black people coming and they're not really, you know, uh, you're not woke enough as a black pastor in this area. And you see people leaving and you, and you feel like you want to compromise on, on sort of, sort of your core, you know, why you started this thing. Um, what will keep you on that journey? So what motivation would you say is, is the correct one to have to, to have this gospel-centered, discipleship-making, cult, transcultural um, path? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Uh, I, would, uh, I would say the gospel. Your motivation has to be the gospel. It starts with the gospel. It is the gospel. It ends with the gospel. It's all the gospel. Uh, it's about Jesus. It's about being Jesus-centered. Mm. Uh, because here's the thing. Mm. If it wasn't, I'm going to be honest with you, I wouldn't be doing this. I, I say this regularly to, to our church. I, I say this regularly to our church that left to my own, I would always choose myself. Sure. Right? That's number one at the top of the list is me. You me, myself, and right. I. Yeah. A- and, then, and then if there's any space for number two, it would be people <laughs> like me. Right, sure. people who yeah. think like me, look like me, vote like me, but the gospel compels me otherwise. The, right. the gospel says, no, 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 no. We've all been created in the image of God, so we preach the gospel. We pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would soften the hearts hmm. uh, of those we are preaching and sharing with. 
uh, or preaching to, mm. and then that they are drawn to the Father and reconciled to Him, and then reconciled to one another. So right. I start there with the gospel. Then yeah, I, I would I would then say, uh, uh, buckle up, because it's gonna <laughs> it's it's gonna be a bumpy ride. It, it is it is probably the third hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Sure. Um, it, it really is, and. Mm. And, and I honestly mean that. Like the, the hardest was losing my father at the age of thirteen. Um, the the second was was marriage because I had to deal with my pride and the fact that I am an arrogant human being in need of Jesus. Right. Um, and, but I'm so thankful I'm married to an amazing wife. So our marriage is great. And then the the third was this was the the planting of a gospel centered disciple making transcultural church because I have been called a sellout by people who look like me. Mm. Yeah. I, w- I went in thinking, you know what? Black people are going to love this. It's going to be <laughs> epic. Yeah. And, and, My diva and, too. And, right? <laughs> and, and, most, and most of them do. Most of them, you know, they'll say to me, man, we've been praying for this. This is incredible. We're so excited. Mm. But, but sometimes there's a, because of the anger and the frustration uh, that, that comes from, to some degree, a legitimate place, yeah. um, there, is a, there is a confusion of, hey, um, we're going to now create this thing that will will bash other ethnicities and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I think of the uh, I think of the disciples or, or many of the Jewish folks when they were waiting for the Messiah who would come on the sword on the horse with the sword and you know liberate them from the Roman Empire and and by no means am I comparing myself to Christ I'm using that as an illustration yeah. to, to say like that that's for many people that that was the thought. Right. And having to say to them, like, no, 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 that, that is not what God has called us to. Um, and so we've, we've had black people leave. You know, mm. in the same way that we've had white people leave, we've had black people leave. Um, we've actually had to ask some black people to leave. Um, wow. And, and, and that's been really difficult. It's been hard for me because it, it, I have to then look in the mirror and I'm realizing some deep insecurities in my own life. Right. Um, you know, being, being called a sellout by people who look like you, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So, so buckle up. And then, and then, and I would say this would be the same. So for a white person seeking to embark on this, you're going to be called a sellout by people who look like you. And then you're going to be called too much. You're going to be accused of politicizing the pulpit um, by people who don't, who don't look like you. It's like, oh, there he goes again. Uh, You know, he's being political. He's aligning himself with a political party. And then I go, no, can you, can you not clearly see what the scriptures say? I, I am yeah. just seeking to be obedient to what the Bible says, and so I, I tell people, you know, brace yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it is not an easy thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You are constantly having to look in the mirror. You are constantly having to evaluate your own heart, mm-hmm. um, and, and ask yourself, why am I doing this? And if it if it doesn't take you to that point number one, the gospel, if you are doing this from a place of competence, of intellect, of I've got all these creative ideas and I'm good at this and good at that. It, it won't take too long before this whole thing smacks you in the face mm-hmm. and makes you realize, mm-hmm. whoa, I think I'm going to tap out. Yeah, sure. So that's mm-hmm. what I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got some other thoughts on this, but I, I, I want to see if you guys have some right, questions yeah. around that. Because be, because once once you've covered that, I really do think there are certain type of leaders who do this. I don't think everybody can do this. Yeah, yeah. And that's I the other good. misconception. Yes. The other yeah. misconception is that, no, 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 if I'm excited about this and I have a vision for it, I, I can do this. I can lead this. Where, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 so, some, some folks have to find a leader who God has called to do this, who God has gifted to do this, right. and then wow. say, 
I, I want to come alongside you. I want to come under you. I want to yeah. follow you. Um, and I think that's where at Rooted, we have some incredible people right. who have done that, you know, who, who could easily plant a church. But right. they go, you know what? I really believe that, that God has uniquely gifted you in a certain way. And then God has uniquely gifted them in a certain way. Yeah. And so together, man, we can do this. Right. Operating out of our gifts. So, yeah. so just because you're black doesn't necessarily mean that you can plant a diverse community of faith. That's good. Or, or, you, or, or you can lead one. Um, I, I just, I, I strongly believe that. And I think a lot of churches, predominantly white ones, will we'll find the first excited black person and hire them, hoping that that's the person that will bring about diversity. Right, that sure. Is an, that, is, that is an incredible weight to put on someone, mm. especially if they have not been wired to lead that thing. Mm. Sure. And then, and, and then when it crumbles, mm. it's not that individual didn't do it. It's now a communal thing. It's a corporate thing. You yeah, see, seen that. We're not. We're not supposed to do this. So when one person takes an L, we all take an L. Yeah. And and I think we just need to be aware of that. Like, and it, it speaks. It, it goes back to the fact that, you know, God has uniquely made us differently. You know, it speaks to God's creative genius. So so I I would, you know, that the, the first part I would speak about that and then. The second part is is really assessing, assessing individuals and going, okay, let's talk a little bit. And and, and there's a yeah. lot at play there. How you grew up, how you're mm. wired, what your gifts are, uh, how you, what role you're going to play in the sure. church or in the organization. Yeah. Instead of just going, uh, who's keen? And then the first big <laughs> hand you see, yes, well, I made that mistake too. Come and do this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it. it yeah. Man, it, it actually ends up taking us 10 steps backwards instead yeah. of taking us forward. forward. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, now within that, uh, do you feel the pressure of not, you know, to not fail? Uh, that, that, that is so much more on you as a, as a black pastor? Because mm. uh, I know a lot of guys, you know, all those hope the, 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 the black messiah... <laughs> You know, it's going to transform our church is, is, is in here. And then when the guy fails or whenever he fails, but there's, 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 there's unrealistic expectations that's been put on him. And then the mm. guy, you know, years down the line, either he gets uh, worn out trying to work with a team that doesn't, right. you know. And, but within your context, particularly, you are the lead pastor of the church. Do you feel that pressure to, ah, what if this thing doesn't work out? Is it much more on you as a black person? Because also there's other guys coming behind you. Yep. And you're aware of that. It's you know, like like do you feel some of that pressure? I'm just thinking of like the the first like black person to go to a model C school or you know, yeah. Sio Khaleesi or you know, whatever, whoever you gotta be. Like like it, it like <laughs> Yeah, don't get so excited. Yes. Look at this guy. Yes. This guy's smiling. I wish you guys could see him. It's yeah. like, yeah, I know. But um like is it some of that that you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I don't know about Sia Khaleesi. If you guys ever got him on the phone, that'd be great because I'd love to ask him, you know, what what, what keeps him up at night? You know, right. what he thinks about when he's on his own? You know, that, that'd be fascinating. But but there is there is a lot of pressure. Um, mm. You know, the, one could talk about the difference between Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere culture. Mm. Um, it was crazy. I was, I was talking to a, a, a guy from Brazil and I was using this illustration and he immediately was like, man, that... That feels like back home in Brazil. Um, yeah, so yeah. When I talk about northern, northern, northern hemisphere culture and southern hemisphere cultures, uh, southern hemisphere cultures, we, we are very communal naturally. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, when you ask someone, "Hey, what's 
what's cousin in, in your language? Uh, we often have to think because it's just a word that we don't use. We, we talk about yeah. brothers and sisters. These mm. are my brothers and sisters. And so we're very communal in that way. Whereas Northern Hemisphere will talk about my second cousin on my uncle's side, <laughs> who is the Duchess of County so-and-so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so when we think, when I think about, you know, um, leading our church and being a part of what God is doing, because there's many other folks that are doing incredible things in this area of ministry. I, I do recognize the the overwhelming um, pressure um, that that is that is on me, that is on my family, mm. and at the same time, I, I I must remember that I am not Christ. Uh, it is not my power that will do this, but it's the power of Christ. Um, and and, mm. and so there is that back and forth. You know, there's that back and forth. I I, I met with a, a bunch of uh, um, a bunch of guys, uh, black guys, and we were just talking about this. Some younger guys, and uh, the one guy looked at me and said, "Hey." Yo, I just want to say to you real quick, um, please don't fail. Um, be, because yeah. if you fail, yeah. that means a lot, of, a lot of doors will be closed for us. And, and yeah. so I felt the pressure of that, but I quickly took it to Christ and, and realized what he was saying. That, look, you know, being the first in anything, there's a sense of there's a lot of people are watching and are waiting yeah. to see what's going to happen. You know, and when the Lord, do you see the faith there? When the Lord does this, <laughs> Amen, brother. I, I, I think then you'll see a lot of people coming off their seats and getting on the field and starting to play. But right now, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of people that are just that are just watching, and 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 a lot of them are are, are, are black people. Um, and yeah. and it's yeah. sometimes I get a little frustrated here, where you know they'll sit in predominantly white churches and complain that. Um, you know, the church is not thinking for them and the church could be more diverse and why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that representation? Mm -hmm. And then I'll go, okay, I hear you, um, but you either need to stop doing that and be more involved in your church because if you continue down that line, you will just become more divisive. Is that is that how you say it? Divisive? Divisive? Yeah. English is not my first yeah. language. Either way. Yeah. Great, divisive. So, so that'll end up happening. Uh, or you go to your leadership and you say, "Hey, hey, guys, uh, um, as my leaders, I want to bring this to you and say, I, I think you know where the church is going. Um, it, it's not, it's not where God has called me to. I think, and I want to pray through it. But I, I want to find a church that is heading in that direction. I want to find a." A, a individual who is gifted, who loves the Lord, and we want to come behind him and, and resource him and so that they might plant that church. I, it's, it's kind of mm. weird for me. You know, so those are some of the conversations I have when we get brought into churches and mm. uh, to do workshops. And, and you can see the tension and it's heavy and heated. I often just go, hey, why? why? Like church is that one place where... No one's forcing you to be here. It's not like your office or your school or even your neighborhood. It's like yeah. you wake up in the morning and consciously make a decision to go there. If I'm you feel go. that the vision the vision is not aligned with what God has called you to, then, man, it's okay. Like, it's okay to uh, right. prayerfully, with the support of your leaders, transition and go to another church that has a similar vision and then head in that direction mm. so so that's kind of you know I, I try to speak from from that perspective and i'll say one last thing here um is you know a lot of people say to me oh, okay so are you saying that uh white afrikaans churches shouldn't be uh allowed or they shouldn't be planted or they and i go no 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 you've right. completely missed me 
I, I 100% believe in Afrikaans churches, healthy Afrikaans churches. And, if, and because of that, if they are all white, then okay. Uh, I mean, I did my church planting residency at an Afrikaans church and, and they loved me and my wife so well and it was incredible. Because here's the thing, they are reaching people that I would never reach. Um, and if I attack them, then I have to then ask the question, well, what about the guy that plants in Zulu? I don't see, you know, white folks or colored folks, unless they understand Zulu, going there. And so mm-hmm. my question is always look at your context and then ask the question, are you reaching your context? Um, and, and so, and so when, when certain churches say this to me, our church is super diverse. And I go, great, tell me a little bit more. We're 50-50. And I was like, that is epic. Who are you trying to reach? We're reaching our city. And then I'll go, is your city 50-50? And then they'll say no. And I'll say, well, then your church is predominantly white. Um, and so I think we need to be a little bit more honest about, you know, where we are and, and who we're reaching and how we're reaching them. Um, I, I just mm. think that we can work a lot better together. You know, the, the, the Afrikaans church that I planted out of, we work wonderfully together. And I love those individuals because we're honest about it and we're okay. We're okay I just, I just don't want this narrative of, yeah, yeah, we're very diverse as well. We're a multi-ethnic church. And then you, you go there and you're like, mm, no, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you are not, and you're not even yes. pursuing it. So, yeah. yeah. So those are some of the things that I would want to kind of dialogue mm. over if I'm meeting with a few mm. people and chatting through that. Mm. I think uh, I just want to push back on something. I don't think we've got time to explore this more, but I mean, just the whole check your context is interesting because I think it's different possibly in Pretoria and Cape Town. Um, so just that whole idea of the church being a prophetic light, the problem is our city is still so divided yeah. by roads and railway lines. So if you check your context, you're going to have, we're not going to have multi-ethnic churches. Uh, we're going to have a handful of them. And so for me, I'm going, yeah, I think in Cape Town, we need a different story. We can't, We've actually got to be saying, how do we get over there? Our context has got to be bigger. It's got to be different. Uh, we've actually got yeah. to be actively pursuing, mm. intentionally pursuing diverse churches with all the caveats that you mentioned, I think, yeah. is yeah. fair. Um, so it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's the whole well, homogeneous unit principle, yes, no kind of thing. Yeah. Which might be an yeah. interesting discussion well, well, to have yeah. someday on the podcast. We'll get you in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, real, real, real quick one line <laughs> is to say, I, I'm agreeing with you and – and, and I guess it's being honest. Yeah. So we use language that's very unhelpful. So we've been using the word diversity right now. But as a church, we, we find that word very unhelpful, not because of its definition, but because we think it's been mm. hijacked. And so we prefer yes. the word reflective. We want to be a reflective church. Even the word inclusion, we find that incredibly unhelpful sometimes because predominantly white churches will say, you know, how can we, they'll ask the question, how can we include um, people who are different to us in our church? And it's like, okay, but you're still using the narrative and the mm. strategy of how can we get them to come over here? Yeah, that's good. Instead of how can we go over there? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So so, yeah. so for me, I, I just want to break it down. When, it, when a church says it to me, we want to be more diverse, I go, okay. What does that mean? Let's break it down. Let's break it down because we're going to step into some places that are going to be super uncomfortable for you. And it's largely because you've been using the yeah. wrong language. You've been using words that everyone has been using, but it just doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. The, yeah. th- those definitions work 5, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Not today. Good, good. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can imagine, just to, on our way out, but 
I can imagine that, especially in South African context, if, if you wanna if you wanna see this kind of church fly, if you wanna see this happen, um, we have to be thinking about uh, representation or, or the expression of the church mm. in terms of its diversity uh, in culture, in people, and 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 and, and all of all, all of that that. All of that stuff, and and one of the things that I've been challenged on recently, it's not just in our in our in in the style of, of worship, mm. but it's it's the it's the it's the preaching as well. Yeah, uh, who, who do we quote in our pulpits? And I'm sure now this is getting into the practical. How right. does it look? What are we doing actually? Uh, who are we quoting? Are there South African black guys being quoted instead of you know your usual white guy, John Piper, Tim Keller? Uh, you know, we always make quotes, um, but but in a South African and black context in general, how right. does that look? Um, uh, language that mm. we use up front, and if we're going to be diverse, and how how do we love one another in that space? Mm. Or is it is it is it okay to use that uh, our different language and expressions, especially in South African context? Uh, the kind of topics we delve into in our small yes. groups, what is appropriate, what is not appropriate? Is like you know, who uh, says the questions? Is, yeah, who says the questions? Mm. Um, uh, I mean, you, you always have your classic, you know, apologetic topics that really in many ways, the South African context, I had a lady just on Friday. Uh, she learned, a friend took me to, to see this lady. We sat down. She heard I was a pastor. It's the first thing she asked is like, I can, I can hear. Oh, are you, are you, are you theological? I was like, what do you mean? It's like, <laughs> we're all theological. Like, like, but are you, a th-? and I was like, do you mean I'm a, am I? Am I a theologian in a sense? Like, yeah, we all are, but yeah, I studied, I studied the Bible. He's like, I have a question. I just came, literally, I just came up from a class right now, and I had a massive debate with students about Christianity as a black man's religion, a white man's religion. And I was like, okay. I, I never was like, can, can, do you counsel? Because I don't know how to respond to that. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't know how to deal with that. I, sure. I don't know. And I was like, does your church? It's like, no, in the township, we don't. Deal with this. We don't. Right. We don't talk about this. Uh, and so, in a multicultural context, even and it's it's across the board. But how do we deal with these things? And are we dealing with those things now? In a, as an outro, um, how how would you how would you advise the lay guy and the pastor the 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 pastor? How do we navigate ourselves and love Christ and cherish the gospel in doing these things? Right. Just a few couple of final words. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Um, to, to summarize it, I would just simply say this is an issue of table, right? And so what I mean by that is <laughs> who is at the table, right? So you started by asking um, around the issues of representation and because representation, true, genuine, authentic representation, not window dressing, but true, right. authentic, genuine representation is a, is a question uh, of who is at the table, uh, who is meaningfully Ooh. engaging, leading, yes. um, you know, speaking into at the table. And so mm-hmm. for, for Ruta, that's a question that we constantly ask. And when yeah. I say constantly, I mean every Monday at our staff meetings. Wow. So when we think when we think about the Sunday, you know, well, we start with the preacher. So who's preaching? What do they look like? What is their accent? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy to go to that level, but yeah. it's like, no, 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 because, because if, if, People are constantly hearing my accent, which is, you know, a combination of having grown to a British school because I'm from Botswana 
and then watching Sesame Street and Big Bird, um, <laughs> it creates it creates this ridiculous thing that I have here. But 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 most people would be like, oh, it's a, it sounds like a Model C, you know, Model C, maybe right. private school yeah. accent. And so if people are sure. constantly hearing that, what ends up happening is as people come in and they hear it and they go like, that's the common, like that's, that's what's constantly coming from the front. Then they go, then that, this right. is a church for people like that. Intuitively, we do that. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll, yeah. Look, we'll look up front and we'll be like, oh, it's all men. So these guys really value men over sure. and above women, you know, um, or it's all white or it's all black, you know, so... So you've got to constantly be asking the question, who is at the table? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and regularly. It's not a thing that you do once a year yeah. um, because culture changes so often. And I'm not saying that we need to you know, follow culture and it's the one that sets the tone. No, 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 no. I'm just saying we need to recognize that pe- our people are immersed in this culture. Mm-hmm. And, and we're trying to reach people in this culture. So who's, who's at the table? And so for us, part of the challenge is you know, oftentimes we... We we wanna we're fighting to get a seat at an already developed table, and That's and there are times where and there are times where where we get the seat right and and there's grace there's humility there is maturity and leadership to say you know what hey we recognize that everyone at this table looks like us we need to get people who are different and so we get a seat at the mm-hmm. table, um, but oftentimes oftentimes we don't or we end up mm-hmm. getting a seat right at the end. And it's after the meeting is done, right? Everyone's finished praying and it's like, oh, so hey, Oned, do you have anything to, you know, half the team is out the, out the, the room already. It's like, do you have anything to share real quick? Um, <laughs> and so my, my, voice, my, my voice really isn't heard. And, and, and so right. we then have to go, okay, let's, we have to go create our own tables. We have to yeah, go develop go. our own tables. Yeah. But Preaching when I say choir. that, and let me be clear, when I say that, mm. I'm not saying we're excluding people from the table. Yep. Yeah. By, by no means are we doing yep. that. We're saying all are welcome at the table, but but we're just saying we would like to to create our own table to yep. develop our Powerful. own table. Um, and, yeah, and so that and language. that gives and and that gives us more room, more space, more mm-hmm. airtime, if you will. So yeah. we just need to constantly be doing that and, and and to move it from from race because oftentimes, you know, people just only think race. This is also an issue of gender. You know, yeah. we've had to have more voices from our women speaking into what we're doing because I was like that. In the beginning, I'd come up with all these great ideas, great ministry plan. Right. Here's what we're going to do. It's going to be epic. <laughs> and then, and then my, my, wife, my wife would look at me and say, okay, um, so what are the, the women with children going to do? Right. And, and, and then you'd hear a pin drop. And I'd go, oh my goodness! I like I just didn't think about them because of my own yeah. bias, my, my my blind spots. Because I I have a particular narrative that is entrenched in kind of a society that has favored men historically oh, yeah. as women. Yeah. So 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 I need those voices at the table and women of influence at the table. Mm. I, I need folks who are in a different socioeconomic class at the table who have influence. Big one, yeah. A- and then, and I'll wrap up on this. And then. Always asking yourself, what is the succession plan? Not, yes, not to good. leave the table. You know, some people leave the table and go start new tables. That's great. But what is the succession yeah. plan to move seats around? You know, because mm. currently, currently I'm at the head of the table as the lead pastor. I, I acknowledge that and I recognize that. But I am constantly through my discipleship trying to figure out, you know, who, 
who could be leading this? Who 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 could be leading the the the, the establishing of another table? Right. Who can we move? Who can we bring to the? How can we add to the table? So we're constantly building the table, just trying to make it bigger because we want to add more seats to the table. Mm. We've got we've got to be thinking about that. Like the, the discipleship, the whole process of discipleship is to make disciples who will go on to make more disciples who will go yeah. on to make more disciples in a trans cultural community sure beautiful powerful pastor you got it right you got it mm-hmm. john any last words no, no i'm good i'm just uh, i love the the language of new tables we've been using that ourselves we're yeah. thinking about that ourselves and it's really yeah. just the idea of new inclusive tables where everyone's welcome but maybe the food's a little different a little spicier uh conversations <laughs> a little louder <laughs> some different topics yeah, going on yeah yeah, uh, yeah but yeah. but always we're just changing those dynamics um, because the gospel matters and because every single person has a value and we, we need to hear those voices. We need to express that. So I, I'm excited about that and uh, I think we got to build new tables. Yeah. Gevaarlik maase kinders. All right. This, this, this. That's it. Yes, yes. You guys might feel like you're in the center. Yeah. You might feel like you're in the center, but here in Cape Town, we 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 believe we are in the center. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I just have to throw that well, in there's, there. There's, there's, yeah, yeah. So, there's a reason. There's a reason that Cape Town is on the outskirts. There's a, there's a reason that it's it's on the fringes. Oh, I think we're losing you um, here because the, the the break frequency. <laughs> you're breaking down. <laughs> guys, guys, we listen up. Listen up. We're signing out. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Yella Mensa. I'm. I was so excited to have my one my one friend here, uh, One. Uh, come and come and just share with us some mm. some deep, Thanks, deep, 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 deep stuff. Um, pastors, I hope you've been listening mm. Congregations, whether you're black uh, Members, whether you're black or white I hope this has been insightful for you So guys, uh, don't forget uh, To get us at Yellow Mensa uh, On Twitter and, and, and also to like us on And you can find us available on iTunes SoundCloud, Spotify um, And of course our mother Sort of um, Facebook platform mm. at, at, at uh, Isvambano Center for Biblical Justice. Check us out there. You want to be in the conversation. You mm. want to learn. You want to get the resources. You want to know how do I go about these mm. things. Mm. Uh, we're available and we're we, we ready to help, guys. We're ready mm. to help. Uh, so go give us a like, uh, your ratings on there. As always, this audio was produced by Exilic Music. You can find them at exilic.co.za. I'm signing out, David One. Guys, I appreciate what you do. Very thankful for you. Thanks, it's been man. a great conversation, and I pray that God uses it. I know it's gonna, it's gonna push into some places that some people won't like, but hey, man. Yeah. Uh, we I was, don't normally do that. Sure. Yeah, like we. Ah. I, I just, <laughs> I just ask that they pref- prayerfully consider, you know, what we've spoken about, and 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 pushback is good. You know, yeah. it, it makes yeah. us better. Yeah. Check us Thanks, out. Thanks, brother. Sure. And uh, we got That's work to do as always. See you guys. <laughs>